You're listening to What's the Rumpus? Shh. Geeks in progress. Our webpage is whatstherumpuspodcast.com where you can listen to episodes or join in the off-air discussion in the forums. Our theme music is Better Nation by Curious Hands, which can be found at podsafeaudio.com. Submit and vote for stories at whatstherumpus.reddit.com. That's R-E-D-D-I-T dot com. Welcome to another episode of What's the Rumpus. I'm Adrian Hanna. Hey, we did screw it up this time. Go us. Because James and Ponky weren't here. They're the only ones that can't seem to figure it out. (laughs) And there's only three of us. Because nobody knows what the hell's going on if there's more than three of us. (laughs) This is true. Or less, for some reason. Uh, Okay, so first story. Uh, Let's build a goddamn Tesla museum. So a group of folks has gotten together to uh, buy the property that used to be Nikola Tesla's uh, laboratory in uh, Shoreham, New York. It's called Wardenclyffe. Wardenclyffe. Um, and it, it was where he initially designed the tower that was supposed to power the world with wireless electricity. Um, but it recently went up for sale. And these people started a nonprofit in order to buy it and turn it into a museum. And uh, they're working on on putting together the $1.7 million they need to buy it or the $1.6 million they need to buy it. But they also are trying to get uh, as much money as they can because there's another company that's a development firm that's trying to uh, buy it as well. So they want to make sure that they have more money than than they do in order to ensure that they get it and that the site doesn't get turned into another set of condos in the middle of Long Island. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I donated to it. Did you really? Yeah. Awesome. I thought about um, it, and then I didn't. Yeah. So I, I don't know I, when I'm going to get my next paycheck. <laughs> true. Um, but, uh, yeah, so what's really cool is that the state of New York has already uh, pledged a matching uh, grant of up to $850,000. So if they can if they can make $850,000, the state of New York will put in another $850,000, putting them at $1.7 million, which is just over what they need. Um, and, uh, the guy from the oatmeal is, is getting on this horse. So he's been promoting the shit out of it. And, uh, apparently within the first 48 hours that this was out there, they made something like, like $400,000. Yeah. They're actually pretty, there's 41 days left and they're at $689,723. Which is awesome. Yeah. And that's just from like people donating through Indiegogo. Um, if they can actually get companies, which they're actually pushing to get certain companies to, to try and donate money to this um and uh if they can get those companies that that's even more money that they'll have coming in and this is going to be awesome yeah so um the oatmeal uh, so this this was started on indiegogo before the oatmeal got a hold of it but the oatmeal um ran with it and then also added um extra donation levels so when you use indiegogo or kickstarter if you donate certain amounts you can get uh gifts in return and so he added um he added some. Oh. So if you if you spend if you donate thirty three dollars, you can get a Tesla is greater than Edison bumper sticker. That's pretty awesome looking. Excellent. Yeah, it goes all the way up to uh, something like if you donate thirty three thousand three hundred thirty three dollars, um, then the oatmeal will actually uh, write a blog post specifically about you, your company, or your product on the oatmeal dot com. Which is kind of a cool thing for a company to do. Yeah. I, I kind of want to do that just for me and just be like, hey, write a post about me. What are you doing? Nothing. Well, what are you working on? Nothing. I just want you to write something about me. Yeah. Here's this guy. He's completely average and doesn't do anything. Except and somehow he can afford a $30,000 donation. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I'll be eating ramen for the next 16 years, but it was <laughs> Thanks, oatmeal. I just cashed out my 401k. Yeah, so that's that's pretty awesome. It's about time that that Nikola Tesla got got some uh, recognition. I mean, not that he wasn't getting recognition before, but a little bit more legitimate recognition, like having his own science museum. Yeah. So um, one interesting thing to note: the the Elon Musk is the head of Tes- is the head of uh, Tesla Motors, uh, and he donated he pledged to donate a shitload of money. That's cool. He's also the guy behind SpaceX, which is awesome. And PayPal, which is stupid and awful. <laughs> I don't think he's there anymore. I think he just I think he just made a shitload of money when he sold it to eBay. Yeah. Oh, that's what you got to do. 
So you win some, you lose, you lose some. On the uh, on the oatmeal's uh, page about this, he lists a bunch of corporations that he thinks should sponsor this. Um, like one of them is General Electric because uh, Thomas Edison founded General Electric and screwed Tesla out of a bunch of money because they were uh, so Tesla used to work for Edison and then he went off to do his own thing and then there was a massive rivalry between the two of them. Um, so he said that because Thomas Edison owes uh, Tesla all this money, they should make a massive donation uh, because it's never too late to not be a douchebag. <laughs> and then he, he suggests Tesla Motors should because of the name. Uh, but then he says Christian Bale could do it because it would be uh, good PR for his upcoming Tesla movie. I had no idea Christian Bale was, was involved in an upcoming Tesla movie, but I want to see the shit out of it. Plus, plus, if Batman were real, he would totally donate money yes. to a Tesla museum. Although I hope Tesla's, I hope Christian Bale's Tesla doesn't talk like Christian Bale's Batman. <laughs> no, it'll talk like I Bane. invented alternated current. <laughs> I, I was also surprised that he didn't mention Bowie in here, who played Tesla in The Prestige. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I thought it was funny. I can't remember what the other company was, but there was another, uh, like, electricity company um, on there. And it was like, the oatmeal was like, he was like, he was like, hey, these guys, you used to sponsor his work. You should totally sponsor this thing again so that we can do something cool with Tesla. Hey, GE, you guys totally backed Edison. And he was a douchebag, and you can make up for it. So it's like, hey, you guys should, should uh, donate, and you guys should donate for the complete opposite reason. It was uh, J.P. Morgan. That's one that had not, has nothing to do with electricity. No, but the actual J.P. Morgan was one of Tesla's investors. Nice. I wish I had that kind of money to just be able to throw down money on something weird and awesome. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, moving on, though. Actually, so this was also the most upvoted story we've ever had by, like, Actor yeah. of Seven. Yes. Yes, indeed. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So right now in the subreddit, which is reddit.com slash r slash what's the rumpus, um, we have, like, 11 subscribers, I believe. And uh, this story got voted. And now this is kind of a, a, a hazy situation because it, there's no solid numbers. There's fuzzing that's done uh-huh. uh, by Reddit. Uh, so you can't game the system. But at last look... We had like 83. Uh, it had 83 votes for it, uh, which doesn't count any of the down votes that may have been on that. Uh, so the, it was 97 up votes and 15 down votes. Nice. And two comments. Yeah. And only one of them was from me. <laughs> so that's uh, that's pretty impressive. So way to go, us. And way to go, Tesla. Hooray. And your crazy pigeon talking. And sciencey science. And moving on. WikiLeaks reveals Trapwire, a government spy network that uses ordinary surveillance cameras. So uh, what this does is uh, it's basically uh, a, a system where uh, a, they, the U.S. government has farmed out uh, the, the surveillance to uh, a company called Abraxas out of Northern Virginia. Um, and basically what they do is they set up innocuous looking surveillance cameras like everywhere. And then every few seconds it uh, spits the data that it's collected uh, out to a centralized server where it's then uh, aggregated and analyzed for uh, to try and find persons of interest. Um, and th- what's, what's interesting about Abraxas is that it's basically run by and operated by a bunch of ex-CIA agents. That's fun. Yeah, so it's basically uh, a privatized version of the U.S. Uh, intelligence community uh, running op- operations that a, the intelligence community can't run uh, themselves, which is kind of scary. A little bit. Yeah. So w- one of the interesting things that I thought about this was uh, uh, after this this article came out, or after WikiLeaks announced this and people started talking about it, suddenly WikiLeaks was uh, unavailable because they were being bombarded by a DDoS attack. <laughs> and so everybody was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, there's been some really interesting DDoS attacks lately. Like um, when uh, people were using, I don't remember the name of the site, but it's an it's basically an alternative to UStream. And uh, the uh, Occupy London group was was trying to use that site to stream what was going on outside the Ecuadorian embassy a couple days ago when uh, oh, when they right, threatened yeah. to go in and uh, forcibly remove Julian Assange. Uh, one of the Occupy groups was outside uh, whatever streaming it. It wasn't UStream. It was some other site that I. 
can't remember the name of. Uh, and then that site mysteriously went down. Uh, so then they had to switch over to Ustream, and then Ustream was having some problems. They didn't go down, but they were having issues, I think. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, so um, as a as a follow-up to this, or not really a follow-up, but a related story to this, uh, Julian Assange has been granted uh, political amnesty. Not, well, by, he's, not only has he been granted asylum, but I'm pretty sure he was granted citizenship. Yeah, to Ecuador. So uh, he went to the Ecuadorian... Uh, I think it's a, I think it is actually an embassy and it wasn't a consulate that he ended up going to. But anyways, he went to a, an Ecuadorian ambassadorial building. It was an embassy. Still and uh, he's been in there for like months. Yeah. So he's he's uh, and uh, the the British government is basically like, hey, he's got to leave sometime. And when he does, we're going to get him. We don't care if you granted him asylum or not. So which is interesting because uh, under some international law, if you've been granted asylum, you're supposed to be given uh, access to leave the country if you're in an embassy yeah. and they basically said yeah well fuck that <laughs> exactly they also they're also threatening to go in and pull him out which would also violate uh international law yeah good times yeah i, I was i can't remember where i read it and so this is like completely unfounded and i'm not going to be able to put the notes in the show notes or anything but i remember reading somewhere that that it was released uh that probably through wikileaks that uh um that there were that the uh, U.S. State Department was really, really, really interested in getting a hold of Julian Assange, and uh, so they were trying to figure out some kind of way to get a hold of him and bring him to the U.S. for whatever. Oh yeah, that's the whole reason that he's in in the embassy. So he was he is accused of having committed a sex crime in Sweden. Right. Uh, he has not been charged with anything. He's an Australian citizen, and at the time that Sweden accused him, he was in London or in the U.K. Right. Yeah. So he stated that he would allow himself to be extradited to Switzerland, Sweden, or Switzerland, I forget which one, if they guaranteed that they would not also extra, that they would not after that extradite him to the U.S. for the stuff that he's done through WikiLeaks, and they won't do it. So he right. fled to the embassy in Ecuador, or the, he fled to the Ecuadorian embassy in the U.K., which is where he's been ever since. So, like, right. he said he would go answer for whatever he's accused of, and again, not charged, in uh, Switzerland or Sweden? It's Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. In in Sweden, if they would guarantee he's not extradited to the U.S. and they won't do it, and right. then he also um, agreed to sit down with Swedish authorities if they came to the Ecuadorian embassy in the U.K. and they won't do that either. Um, so it's it's been like almost a year now that he's been essentially on the run. Right. Well, he hasn't actually been on the run because uh, British authorities actually picked him up and he spent some time in jail. But then his uh, the extradition trial. Uh, um, the 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 judge ruled that there would be no extradition. There was no reason for it, so he was released. Um, and he immediately left from the courthouse and went to the Ecuadorian embassy. And that was that was a no. I think you have that backwards. I think they ruled that he did that he was going to be extradited, and that's why he went to the embassy. Did he post bail? He, he must have posted anything. posted bail. He hasn't been charged with anything, but they were going to extradite him anyway. Well, they, yeah, but they had arrested him in and were I, pending transfer. But he hasn't been charged with a crime anywhere. He's only been a, he's been accused in Sweden, and so they were going to extradite him uh, because he was accused, so that he could answer for those crimes in Sweden. Right. But was, but but they actually arrested him. He was actually but, in jail he was for a while. Charged with anything. Right. So but he was actually in jail. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter whether he was charged or not. They actually arrested him and put him in jail. Right. And, and then and then they agreed to extradite him, but then he was out for some reason. I think he posted bail. Sev. Wait, no, he was on house arrest. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> and if only there was a worldwide system of information where we could look this kind of thing up. Indeed. That's nonsense. So, Julian Assange... Hanging out in Ecuador, WikiLeaks providing information about some messed up surveillance system in the United States. Good times. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the Department of Homeland Security, this was an interesting uh, fact that came out also, uh, that they spent uh, $832,000 deploying these these uh, surveillance cameras around the U.S. And that's kind of scary because these, these surveillance cameras, they're not like super high-tech secret things. It's like what stores buy to put uh, surveillance on their their stores. So they're yeah, like – they're like hundred probably only like 12 cameras. It's well, it's like a hundred. It's like a hundred dollars per camera, and if they spent eight hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars, that's a lot of cameras. So yeah, so coming to a neighborhood near you, scary UK surveillance. Oh yeah. Moving on, putting an end to the biggest lie on the internet. 
The biggest lie on the internet is uh, I agree to the terms of service. Uh, basically, every web app or any website that you use that you have to sign up for um, requires you to agree to their terms of service, which are generally uh, pages and pages long. Um, was it iTunes is like 824 pages or something ridiculous like that? Um, and it's all like really, really obscure, vague legalese. So in order to actually understand uh, what you're agreeing to, you would need a lawyer present in order to explain it to you. Um, well, not anymore. There's a website called TOS semicolon DR, um, which is, uh, it's actually TOS-DR.info. And if you go to their website, um, basically what they do is they give you a summary in plain English or plain whatever your language is um, of what the what you're actually agreeing to. And then there is a rating between uh, A and E, E being the worst of, of what this, uh, how this term of these terms of service are uh, with respect to the user. Um, and so far, the only company that's rated in E is TwitPic because their terms of service state that they reserve the right to sell any of your photos without your permission or you're consenting to allow them to sell any of your pictures. Actually, I, I, I think they claim ownership of the pictures as soon as you upload them. So they're not even your pictures anymore. Right. Um, so I just I just went to the site and clicked the first one I saw, which was Twitter. And uh, Twitter, the on right to leave the service, they get a thumbs down. Apparently, Twitter doesn't actually delete your shit when you try and delete your account. It, like, holds on to it for at least 30 days. After 30 days, it says after 30 days, Twitter begins to delete your account, which means nothing. What is... Right. Delicious has a class D, uh, only for personal and non-commercial use, uh, no right to leave the service, your content can be exploited, non-transparent use of cookies and third-party ads, your personal information are an asset for business transfers, and third parties have access to it. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot of services on here, and a lot of them don't even have uh, classes yet, but that's like that's like a grade pending, which means, you know, whatever. But, oh, uh, that's interesting. No right to leave the service Evernote. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of these have, like, no or very few um, highlights. Right. But this is a brand new service. I mean, this is, like, this is like literally, like, a couple of weeks since they've gone public oh, with really? it. So I didn't realize yeah. it was that new. Yeah, this is super, super this new. This is interesting. So. There's a, uh, a browser extension, so when you go to a website, it will give you the rate, their rating if they have that one. Is- that's pretty cool. Yes, indeed. Install. I want to go to there. Um, so oh, they, they don't uh, get a rating on themselves. That's weird. <laughs> well, it's because they don't have a terms of service. Or is it about? Anyways, uh, the thing with the thing. Uh, oh yeah. So it was inspired by the the Creative Commons, which uh, provides plain English summaries of each license it offers, which is super awesome. I've used that so many times. It's like, oh well, I'm gonna make this code publicly available through the Creative Commons. Well, which one do I want to use? Oh well, let me go look at these summaries. That makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna do that one. So that's it's really cool that they, they that also, somebody went. Sorry, they they also mentioned a, a uh, EFF thing, but I closed the link and can't find it again. Hold on a second. I'll tell you what it is. Uh, TOS back, which is gotcha. hosted on GitHub. So what the hell is this? <laughs> Uh, the ratings that they use are um, based on the German energy efficiency ratings for appliances. Um, what? Yeah, that's what they said. Is that they they base their rating systems off of the uh, off of the rating system applied to appliances for energy efficiency. I don't know how that works, but that's how they do. Anyways, this is a really cool service, and I'm glad they did it because uh, as things get more and more technical on the internet, it's nice to know that there are people that are uh, dumbing it down for for the non-experts. Here's, here's my question, though. Who actually reads these things? And even if you had the plain English version, would you read the plain English version before you just said whatever and signed up? I sure as shit. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, like, I don't know. So here's the, here's the things that will get me to care about terms of service. Someone on the internet tells me about how horrible the terms of service is for a particular particular service provider that's it <laughs> uh there's a couple of things that uh, that i'm usually interested in but don't put the effort into figuring out like you know for instance like with twit twitpick if i upload something to twitpick do i own that or do i reserve the uh copyright to that which in that case is no you know that's something that i want to know about and so when somebody brought that up and made it uh, made brought it to light you know it's like well i don't want to use twitpick anymore because i'm you know i mean it's not like i ever plan on selling my shit but if if i take a really awesome picture and people 
like it and they want to pay for it for a stock photography or whatever, I want them to pay me and not twit pick, you know? Screw those guys. Right, but that's that that fits into my example. <laughs> Like someone found out about a horrible thing in some service provider's terms of service, and then you decided not to use that service anymore. Right. So that's right. That's exactly my example. And other than that, I just genuinely don't give a fuck. I mean, I guess it makes right. well, it, it makes it easier for other people to do that work for me, but it's definitely not something I'm ever going to do. Right. Well, and now, especially now that they're using the add-ons for this website, I think it's even easier. So if I go to a website and I start and I'm like, oh, I've heard good things about this, I'm going to go check it out and try and use it, and then go to sign up for it, and all of a sudden there's this big red X or whatever it portrays for it. It says that says this is this site has a grade F because they suck and they want to steal your soul. Don't agree to their terms of service. I'm probably not going to use it. Yeah. And that's that's just the way I feel about it. It's, I don't I don't want to use something, and it's you know I would rather find out about it before I sign up than after. That makes sense. So this this is this is nice, and they're and well, and the the the, the point that I'm trying to make overall is they're making it way 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 easier to to figure that out. So now instead of having to wait, sit back and wait for somebody from the EFF to find out something egregious in a terms of service, I can do it myself, or you know have somebody from this website figure it out for me ahead of time and then I go to sign up and it's like well never mind I don't I don't want to use this service or wow that's really cool that they do this right you know, whatever so that's my story, and I'm sticking so to speaking it. Speaking of signing up for services, I requested an alpha to app.net today. Nice. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I've, I keep hearing people talk about it, but I don't uh, actually know what it is, except for that it's a service like Twitter, but you pay it's for Twitter, it. It's Twitter, but it's 50 bucks a year. Yeah. that I think that kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> it means that people that are on there are going to put out uh, solid content because they have to pay for it, and it means you don't have to see that promoted bullshit anymore. I don't know. I think it'll be good. Yeah, but the thing is... Is social networks are only as good as the people that are on them. Yeah, and so if, only good people will be on one if you have to pay for it. Unless pe- all the good people are like, F that, I'm not going to pay for it. And then you're stuck on a service paying $50 a year for something that the only thing you're seeing is companies uh, because they're the only ones that really feel like it's worthwhile to pay the money to use it. I don't know. I disagree. I guess we'll see in the long run how that shakes yep. out. But you, Time, you time will the, tell. If you look at the people that have already signed up, it's the people that I think would be interested enough to follow on Twitter, except without ads and spam and bullshit. Right. All right. This next article is so full of awesomeness. Uh, so Gary Kasparov was arrested and beaten at a Pussy Riot sentencing. Wait, Pussy Riot. I can't tell. Are you anti Gary Kasparov? Is that what's happening? No. Okay. Because you, no. you just said it's awesome that he got his ass kicked and then he got arrested. No, I'm just saying that the, there's so much awesome in this. It, I mean, it's like it's like the most exciting story of all time. Because first of all, uh, uh, Russia is being a bastard and Putin is a jerk, and then uh, a all female punk band called Pussy Riot has an impromptu concert in a church. Uh, and and sings a song about how how much Putin sucks, and they get arrested, charged, and sentenced with hooliganism. That's amazing. And Gary Kasparov is standing outside the court the court uh, how, courtyard the courthouse um, after the sentencing, talking with reporter, reporters and <laughs> apparently <laughs> reporters. And apparently he's saying something that they that they didn't like because all of a sudden a police van comes out of nowhere and uh, grabs him and uh, and takes him hauls him off to jail. And so, holy shit for shit. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, so, yeah, getting arrested for hooliganism is pretty hardcore. Yeah. Did you see I changed my uh, Twitter I did profile indeed. pic to the hooliganism tattoo? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, hooliganism in, in Russia is uh, um, it, it's a throwback to uh, 19th century um, when you, if you were a dissident of any sort, um, you were you were uh, charged with hooliganism. Um, and for a while in, like, the, the 20s and 30s, the 1920s and 1930s, it was... Uh, it it was also used to cover basically like a drunken disorderly kind of thing. Um, so uh, in and of course in 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 Russian Russian prison culture, uh, tattoos are a really big thing. I mean, I think in any prison culture, tattoos are a really big thing. But in uh, in in Russian prison culture, it's like a really big thing. Like like it's you use tattoos in in order to uh, uh, to to show your like tattoos your life denote rank basically, right? Yeah, yeah, 
and every tattoo has a meaning. So you have like you get a uh, a tattoo of 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 um oh, what is it? I can't think of what it's called. The the thing in Moscow with the funny looking spires. Uh, um, the hammer and St. Peter's Basilica. Yes, you get a you get a uh, you get a tattoo of that across your back, and it has you know a specific meaning. And if you get a, a tattoo of like a cat with a jewel around its neck, that means that you're you know a particularly good thief. Or if you get a, a tattoo of a bear with an accordion drinking booze, <laughs> then you get arrested for hooliganism, which back in those days would would uh, uh, get you a sentence of uh, of hard labor. And and hard labor in 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 Russia is not a fun thing. Uh, most hard people die. In general is not a fun thing, but hard labor in Russia is particularly gruesome. Yeah, yeah. It's basically if you got sentenced to hard labor, uh, there was a good chance that you were going to die while you were there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, for me only. Thanks. <laughs> Someone peeing. Pouring a new drink. I. You need to stop doing that by the microphone because it makes weird sounds. Oh yeah. <laughs> that time it sounded like a loose booby. <laughs> oh, gross. Loose booby is best. <laughs> I think we have. Oh, God. Uh, so, so Pyro tweeted the other day a picture of a Juicy Lucy, and I didn't know what that was, so I was afraid to click. It turns out it's a hamburger. <laughs> sort of. It's it's like a, it's a cheeseburger, but the cheese is on the inside of the burger instead of on the top. Gotcha. Yeah. I eventually clicked, much to my dismay. Wait, yeah, just, I wanted the, it to be something else. At the, at the point that you work yourself up to where you're like, all right, I know this is going to be a picture of poop. <laughs> It's gonna go look at it anyways, and then it's not poop, and it's like a hamburger. You're like Lucille Ball. I'll never know. You're just like, what the fuck is this? This is bullshit. <laughs> it was a really bad quality picture too. So I was like, it, it just looks like a sloppy Joe. I don't understand why is what's happening. Sloppy Joe, slop, sloppy Joe. All right, <laughs> moving on. Pixar open sources production animation code patents. Uh, so there is a thing now that Pixar's put out called Open Subdiv, which is a uh, a program or library uh, of some sort that uh, they that they actually use at Pixar Studios to generate uh, computer graphics. Um, and what it is specifically designed to do is help create very detailed surfaces on animated objects. Um, so basically, what it's what it's designed to do is you create an object and then it is able to no matter how close Closely, you zoom in on it. It is able to uh, recreate that surface in a very defined detail, depending on how closely you're looking at it or how far away you are from it. Um, which is kind of neat, and and it's really cool that they released it under open source. Um, on top of releasing it under open source, they are also uh, um, all a- allowing access to some of their patents. Uh, there are they are licensing out uh, some of their patents free of charge. So if you want access to you know this thing or that thing, um, they are going to allow you to license that uh, for zero dollars, which is pretty cool. Yeah, this is really rad. Um, it makes me happy when companies do stuff like this because, like, I, I can't imagine that who, that Pixar was going to make a lot of money on releasing this stuff. Like, I would imagine that really their only big competition is like DreamWorks, and DreamWorks is probably probably has their own crap, and they're not going to license Pixar. But by open sourcing it, it allows people who it, it, basically it allows hobbyists to make short films and whatnot that probably would never have existed or would not looked nearly as good uh, if this stuff hadn't been open sourced. So yeah. I'm definitely in favor of it yeah this is this is a very niche market that this would uh, that this would uh, be uh, um, available well that people would be interested in this from right and if it and if it was not if it was non-free then the people that are interested wouldn't be able to afford to use it probably yeah, so allowing hobbyists to get involved now, um, I think that's going to actually uh, open up. And so you're not going to have these huge computer animation houses anymore. I mean, you still you'll still have the huge houses, but you know you'll have a lot more people that get interested and get into. Uh, making this sort of thing and you'll end up with with a lot of smaller companies that do the same things they may not do it as well they may do it better but you know whatever then you have more options if you are trying to farm out this kind of work and it's just really cool that that it, that it's opening up like that agreed show moving on 
I am scientist looks to crowdfunding to support scientific research. Here's why you should care. Uh, so remember back when we were talking about the Tesla thing and I said I wish I had enough money to throw down $33,000 on something like this or be a big guy like JP Morgan and say, oh yeah, hey, you're looking at research? Here, here's some money. Well, now you can do that. Um, there's a website called I Am Scientist, which is, it, it's basically like Kickstarter, but it's just for scientific research. So if you have this idea and you're like, hey, I think I can prove this. Here's what I want to do. Um, and people like that idea, they can throw down money and help you fund your, your project. Um, and why this is actually a viable thing is because a lot of funding that you get as a as a researcher comes from either a university or uh, an organization like the NIH. Um, and these these organizations uh, will or universities will give you money um, based on on how viable your research is. Um, and especially like in academia, um, you end up having to try and go for the really really expensive project that is based on off of someone else's research because then the university can pull in a shit ton of money for something and then give you the money that you need and then keep the rest to help with the school and whatever. Um, and, uh, and so you, you end up, you end up doing these things that aren't necessarily what you're really interested in doing because it's more, uh, economically viable for the university. So what this allows you to do is say, Hey, I think I can prove that, uh, dandelions will smell funny if if you put a garbage bag over them, uh, I need $50 to fund my research. And somebody will be like, mm, yeah, I'll fund that. And they'll throw $50 at you. And then boom, you've got the money you need to go fund your research and figure out whether or not dandelions smell funny when you put them in garbage bags. Yeah. So this um, is, does anyone know who Nomad47 is on Reddit? No. Okay. So this is our first not us comment. Uh, and I, it might actually be this. Uh, well, no. Anyway, uh, it was to my way of thinking more science is better for the world. We should always be pushing the human, the, the bounds of human knowledge. If Reddit can be the biggest secret Santa in the world, we can be the biggest funder of science independent of government. Wouldn't that be cool? I want a starship. <laughs> I absolutely agree with that. Especially the part about the starship. Yeah, totally. I want mine to be Firefly class. (laughs) (laughs) Totes my goats. As long as it has a holodeck. We can mix sci-fi metaphors, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to live on the holodeck then. Okay. All right. Yeah. So this, I, I it, this just seems like a really, really good idea to me. That you know, I mean, I just think that that there's a lot of people out there that have a, a lot of expendable income that they would like to spend on something like this. And and you know, when you you put it in in this context, where it's like, well, you don't have to fund the whole project. You know, we want you know fifty thousand dollars for this project, but you know, you can contribute five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever you want. Shit, yeah, dude, sign me up. If it's something cool, I will do my part to throw throw in whatever i can so it's just it's yeah well said i like science i also like totals <laughs> we like the moon <laughs> awesome moving on insane clown posse to sue fbi over gang designation i have mixed feelings about this story the picture for this story haunts my dreams <laughs> So uh, every year, the FBI releases a uh, a list called the National Gang Threat Assessment List, which is a list of basically gangs that everyone needs to watch out for. And in 2011, the Juggalos were added to this list, the Juggalos being uh, ICP fans. Um, these guys typically dress up in all black and wear clown makeup and drink Faygo and are ridiculous. Basically, they're exactly the stereotype you would imagine of someone that want- willingly calls themselves a juggalo exactly yes fucking magnets how do they work well when a baby never mind So, uh, in reaction to this, uh, ICP has sued the FBI over them being added to this list. Um, now, I I agree with this. I think that it, that it's silly uh, to to classify people that really aren't a, a gang or violent or criminal organizations as a gang. Um, and mostly because you know, once you say yes, this is okay, Juggalos are a, uh, a are considered a gang. Then what's to stop you from saying you know, okay? hipsters are a gang or classical pianists are a gang or furries are a gang or vegans you can never vegans trust those vegans 
Yeah. I mean, you know, it's what's to what's to stop you from from classifying any other subculture as 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 a uh, as a gang. Um, you know, so that that's what I agree with as far as this, but basically uh Violent J of ICP has has uh stated why they're doing this and it's kind of it's kind of dumb, but he basically he's he says uh um I, I mean, I kind of agree with him, but it's not along the same vein as why I think that this is actually very important that they win this lawsuit. And they say, you know, consider a juggalo that 15 years ago got a hatchet man tattoo or something. Now they've got a family and they're driving home and get a speeding ticket. Next thing you know, he's in a gang file and that will be taken into consideration in any trial. Suddenly it ain't just somebody who fucked up. It's a gang member who fucked up and they're going to get and they're getting a heavier sentence. We made uh, when we made the list stores like Hot Top stopped carrying our shit because they don't want to be selling gang apparel. So it, it's partially it's partially because you know it's fucked up for fan to suddenly be no, no, no. So instead of being the the sec- you those two quotes are about two completely different things. Well, it's I mean it's it's it, it, it all kind of lumps together as I mean yes the one the 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 last part of of it is is definitely about why it's affecting their business but yeah it's two it is two separate co- quotes yeah it's but. it's two separate quotes and the I mean the first one is about why it's wrong to consider them a gang and the second part is basically their justification for suing the government because of right. the gang designation like in addition to the fact that it's fucked up and wrong it's also, also impacting their it's, business it's, yeah so yeah so it's uh um i mean you know i i agree with it that that you know it's it's like it's fucked up if you know you got a tattoo and you're and so now you're considered to be part of a gang it'd be like if if somebody with a, a grateful dead tattoo you know the grateful dead suddenly got 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 considered to be a, a you know gang membership if you're if you were a fan of the grateful dead and so now you've got like a dancing bear tattoo and oh well you're going to jail now for a long time because you're obviously a gang member you know and that's that's stupid i mean it yes yes i think that juggalos are dumb and ridiculous but i don't think that they should be uh negatively affected because of that they're just a group of people that really like a dumb band agreed and moving on buying twitter followers is sinful says saudi cleric this story makes so, me laugh a lot yeah totally. so so uh sheik abdullah who is a senior scholar of islam um has said that it it was a lie and slander to pay money to companies to create twitter followers um apparently according to him it's a common practice in the saudi kingdom uh for celebrities and religious figures to to do this um and companies charge between $70 and $270 for adding up to 10,000 followers to a customer's tw- Twitter account. Um, I don't think that this is uh, a sin to do this. I just think it's fucking stupid. Yeah, I. so the reason that this is interesting to me is, first of all, that it's, that it's like apparently rampant in Saudi Arabia, so much so that a religious leader has to talk about it. Um, yeah. But I guess if you have oil money, you can buy anything. And, and I would imagine social status is very important there, and that Twitter follows is part of that. Um, so going back to app.net, this could never happen on app.net because it would be way too goddamn expensive to buy all those accounts. No doubt. Um, but anyway, it's it, whenever technology and religion conflict, it's interesting to me. Um, and it's just really silly to me that some guy has to proclaim it a slander. And I mean, it is dishonest, uh, but... And I, and I guess dishonesty is a sin, but it's just very absurd. It's, it's like the kind of thing that you would see in a Saturday Night Live sketch or something, except it's real life. <clears throat> Here, here is a question. How much do you think it affects whether or not you follow somebody based on how many followers they have? I'm sure that the type of people that buy followers want the type of people to follow them that care about how many followers they have. Right. It just it just seems seems seems. I mean, I've heard of this practice before uh, in in the U.S. And actually, there's a lot of like sleazy social media gurus who talk about, oh, you need to pay so and so, you know, this money to get all of these followers because the more followers you have, the better because then other people think you're more legit because you have more followers. And you know, I don't, I don't, I personally don't see that because uh, I mean, like me personally, when when I follow somebody, it's because they like. uh, 
specifically on Twitter, we'll talk about. On Twitter, if I follow somebody on Twitter, it's because uh, they are relevant to my interests or they generally tweet really funny shit. Like, I follow a guy um, from Epic Mealtime that I normally wouldn't follow, but uh, a lot of his tweets are really, really funny. And and so it's worthwhile for me to follow him because anytime that he tweets, I chuckle a little, at least, if not LOL for reals. Um, but, like, I, you know, I don't ever look at how many people are being, you know, somebody has, how many followers somebody has. And, and I, I just wonder if there's people out there that actually do like, oh my god, this person has ten thousand followers. I need to follow this person. Yeah, because clearly they're interested. The only time I ever look at the number of followers someone has is if uh, if they follow me, and usually it's like, oh, this person has zero followers, and they sent me this weird link. That's probably a spam bot. Yeah. I hear you. Well, so yeah, and then that if there's, case, a, if there's a way to increase your epeen, then someone will pay for it. That's true. Epeen is best peen. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Speaking of peens, should we just jump ahead to, uh, or do we want to keep going? Oh, actually, on the subject of buying followers, there's a, a website that was introduced recently that tries to keep track of. Uh, I'm not really sure how it determines whether or not it's a fake account, but there's some website that will tell you how many followers you have that are real people and how many are bots. Interesting. Moving on. It sounds like somehow it got worse over the since I signed up like three days ago. Yeah. Oh, we got too much press. Let's break everything. <laughs> that sounds like a, a legit business model. FTC censures Facebook, asks you to like it on Facebook. The FTC has finally approved a final settlement settlement with Facebook Friday over the social platform's privacy policies. Uh, and at the end of the settlement, they tell you, uh, like the F FTC on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to press releases for the latest FTC news and resources. So this is obviously just a standard Twitter that they have in all of their shit. It's yeah. still really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, what do you usually see at the end of emails? Uh, this was this email was intended for the the uh, above named recipients. Oh God, I hate that shit. Yeah. Um. Or or um. What's the other one? Uh. Oh, there's always uh, people always do the the stupid one with the uh, um the hey uh you should be environmentally friendly and not print this out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So the FTC has one of those, but it says you know social network us. Yeah. That's pretty standard, though. I mean, yeah. like, uh, so this article is from Read Right Web. Right at the top before the article, there's, uh, like us on Facebook, this article currently has three comments, 174 tweets, 12 plus ones on G+, and 11 shares on uh, LinkedIn. That's the exact same thing, except it's at the bottom of the page instead of the top, and it's it. Yeah. The, I mean, our, the big our, mistake they made was it looks like it's part of the thing yeah. because it's all text. Yeah. And it's not really separated out from the actual ruling. My name is Rufus, and that's the Trufus. So, GG government. Yeah. I think I think that that one is definitely an epic fail. So, moving on. Moving on up to the east side. Sherman Helmsley died a couple of weeks ago. That's a sad. Yeah, I know. Uh, blurred eyeglasses unveiled to help Israeli ultra-Orthodox avoid impure sights. So some company made some special eyeglasses that instead of making your, your vision better, it makes it worse. So that way you you don't have to look at immodest women yeah. anymore. My, uh, I have some really conflicting emotions about, or well, conflicting ideas about this story. Like, on the one hand, I think it's really sad that people are so crazy that they want to make their eyesight worse to avoid seeing things that or that may or may not be bad. On the other hand, I'm really glad that they put on the fucking glasses instead of trying to convince other people to do what they want because of their religion. It's true. Um, and there was, and oh, it also reminds me of I think there was I think it was Isaac Asimov who had a story called. Uh, um, something about being created equal and it was about the fact that um, in the future in the in the United States they passed a law so that in order for everyone to be equal you had to wear devices that made you like rather than trying to improve your vision they just found the person in the United States with the worst vision and then adjusted everybody's eyesight down so that they all had matching shitty vision and then they found the person with the worst hearing and, and put in hearing like anti-hearing aids that made everybody hear as bad as the person with the worst hearing that would yeah. suck I can imagine that there would be some kind of crazy serial killer that would go around and kill everyone that had really bad sight and vision to make their sight and vision better. <laughs> yeah, just, kill just bringing up the average. Yeah. Well, so the story was about a was about a basketball player that like ended up breaking all of his restraints because he was so awesome at basketball that yeah. <laughs> 
awesome. So my problem with this is is it just seems to me that if you wore glasses, it's it's like if you wore the wrong prescription of glasses, it just seems like over time it would affect your vision and make it bad. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like like if you wear glasses that intentionally blur everything, eventually your eyes are going to get all fucked up from that. It just I I mean I have no scientific basis for this, but it just seems like that is the way it would go, and that just scares I mean, me. That would help their goal though. Yeah, because then they wouldn't need the glasses anymore because their eyes are all <laughs> fucked up. I don't know. So this kind of goes back to what I was saying though. I I would much rather that a bunch of uh, stupid fools fuck up their own eyesight than try and get women in the country to dress more modestly because I don't right. have any religious hang-ups about that and I embrace what well, <laughs> there's not a way <laughs> and I like short this shorts a bad choice of words <laughs> I believe what you're looking for is and I like short short shorts all right, moving on, and not up this time. Um, so we have some science news this week. So some some scientists have figured out a way potentially to get rid of heroin addiction. And it's actually an interesting thing. It's not like the magic pill that completely cures you of of your addiction. It's basically what they're using is they're using a drug called uh, naloxone, um, which is actually something they already use for. Uh, what's that? <laughs> Never mind. That was a really stupid joke that doesn't work if you don't hear what I said. <laughs> True. It's uh, so they already use it for um, to treat heroin overdoses. Um, but what they found out is that that uh, that uh, naloxone um, actually creates this they call it they call it they say that it creates a dam that uh, 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 keeps dopamine from being released into your system um, uh, so that 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 uh, when you take heroin if you have naloxone in your in your system you take heroin you don't get that euphoric pleasure high that you're that you get from a from a heroin uh, from a heroin high so basically you shoot up nothing happens and then you go through severe withdrawal when you quote unquote come down so it's taking away the benefit of heroin but still leaving the bad parts of heroin which is, they're they're expecting if you know they start using this uh, people will just not use heroin because they'll be like oh shit if I use heroin it's gonna hurt a lot and there's no upside to it so is does it also prevent the need for a fix like or, or does that is that something that just happens after you take it enough like how does or, I, I actually think... that's i'm not sure that that's even what i yeah so like if when you're addicted to heroin it's because you can't process dopamine anymore on your own yeah, it's and so a you need, physical you so you need artificial uh artificial dopamine through the heroin because you're not producing it yourself anymore and your brain is now now requires a higher level so if it's blocking right, right. it then you're just going through withdrawals all the time right or is is right is, is well, so so that, is it feeding the craving without actually giving you the benefit? Like, how does that? I don't understand how this it's, works. It, it's supplemental. So, like right now, what they do in order to help you to help wean you off of heroin is they use methadone, which is like fake heroin. So it you know it allows your body to uh, get what it needs from from the heroin without destroying your ability to absorb dopamine. Um, and so so then on top of that, then they're they're going to have you take uh, naloxone or you, they'll get get inject you with naloxone or make you take it or however they'll you'll they'll get naloxone in your into your system so then any if, if you for some reason you know fall off the wagon so to speak and and inject some heroin you don't get any benefit from it and then you go through the terrible withdrawals of, of heroin but then you still come in and get your methadone and that helps Doesn't you with the, the whole dopamine, dopamine too uh, it does, but it's not it's not damaging to your right, to but your if this body. Is a dopamine blocker, then it wouldn't it would also block methadone. Well, it's it's not uh, it's not actually uh, block. Well, it is blocking dopamine, but it only blocks it for a certain amount of time. What it do- what it actually does is it blocks the uh, it's uh, the TLR four receptor in your brain, um, which then causes dopamine to have no effect on your system. Right. I so guess, then, wouldn't methadone is- also not work? I have no idea. It's the, the that goes way beyond the sciencey science that goes on in my head. So I I don't know. I just know that this is like an additive treatment to to what already exists in order to help beat heroin addiction. 
if you click the link in the the Gizmodo story, it links to the University of Adelaide in Australia, which then links to a YouTube video of the head scientist explaining it. Uh, so that is probably a, the best way to get the information I'm looking for. So if you're really interested in this in this heroin uh, addiction story, if you're story, interested in heroin, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there'll be a YouTube link in the in the show notes for the YouTube video that is better explaining this than I can. And now, cow penis. This week's Oh Asia, You So Crazy. Uh, in South Korea, there is a uh, duplicate of um, Fear Factor, the TV show, which is not good here, nor would I imagine that it's good there. But also there, uh, for your viewing edification, a woman eats a cow penis. And that's awful. <laughs> like, wow. I watched the video and I just I didn't feel comfortable the whole time. It was not good. Wow, that is a big cow penis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And it makes me wonder, did she have to eat the whole thing or did she just have to eat part of it? Because it looked like she, she could barely get through the first bite. Her mouth. <laughs> That's what she said. Wait, what? <laughs> this is funny. All the guys are like, oh, yeah, eat that cow penis. And all the girls are like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I don't have to be the person to eat the cow penis. <laughs> Yeah, wait later oh, in the video, the then everyone is... And now she's crying. <laughs> this is the saddest video I've ever seen. <laughs> I think at 131, she's trying to deep throat. I don't understand. Maybe she's... She, is it easier to eat the cow penis if you don't chew? Maybe. Well, she starts bouncing around and then, like, massaging her throat, trying yeah. to force it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uncomfortable. Apparently, I've watched way too much, jack, way too much jackass in my life. I'm like, oh, this feels like I'm back in middle school. Wait, is she going to snort wasabi next? Cool. Win. Whatever you can do to get the taste to go away, I would imagine. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) All the guys are laughing at her. Have you gotten have you gotten to the part in the video where where she turns and the guy sitting next to her gets like really freaked out because he thinks she's going to throw up cow penis (laughs) on him? Amazing. Man, that was fucked up. (laughs) Yes. Man, she didn't eat a lot of it. (laughs) Started from the other end. I had no idea cows had such big penises. Me neither. It was like I don't know. Never mind. I don't want to talk about this anymore. And next week will be blue whale penis. Go! Did you guys see the picture of the blue whale poop? Yes! That was no. <laughs> it looked like a goddamn oil slick. Actually, Looking it, it up now. Been, um, it might have not have been a blue whale. No, it was. Was it? Blue whale poop floats yeah. in the ocean. It was in fucking Wired of all places. I don't know why you would plug in blue whale poop. I saw it on io9 and I was searching earlier this week. <laughs> what were you searching on io9 that took you to whale poop? <laughs> it, was, it was just in the daily list because this came out last week yeah. or two weeks ago. That is a big cloud of shit. It's like roughly the size of the whale that dropped it. Yep. Yeah, and whales are the biggest mammal yeah. on Earth. So. so it's the biggest poop on Earth. <laughs> it may be the world's largest documented poop. <laughs> I don't know. You should talk to Ryder about that shit. <laughs> Literally. Awesome. Okay, that's the rumpus. We like the moon! <laughs>